You're listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Episode number 93. Welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now, your hosts, Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for tuning in and listening wherever you are and wherever this finds you. Thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. If it's your first time checking out the show, welcome. We're glad you're here. And if you are a returning listener, thanks for coming back and still putting up with Chris. Maybe you're even a member of the Super Secret Podcast group. So we're especially excited that you are here. If you enjoy the show, make sure you subscribe at iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening. And uh, of course, if you want to head over to iTunes and, I don't know, leave a comment and tell all the people you like it, that'd be great. But, you know, that'd be really yeah. great. That'd be you don't have great. to do that, but we we always appreciate those. Good times. Well, hey, that's Jody right there. Uh, he's a youth pastor in California. My name's Chris. I'm a youth pastor in Georgia, and we love youth pastors. Most importantly, we love teenagers. We both uh, do youth ministry full-time and are right in the middle of summer here or close to the beginning of summer and doing youth ministry like uh, crazy right now. But I, I love summer youth ministry. Do you love it, Jody? I, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. But I like it. So I like that there's a change of pace. Yeah, think think that that's probably unique to student ministry. Yeah, largely. But I feel like you build up a lot of relation relational capital with kids in the summers that you can't build any other time too. That's true. I so agree. That's really really good. So I agree. Uh, yeah, great episode today. Important topic for us, uh, especially diving into summer, managing a lot of different events and things like that. So. I think everybody will find it super helpful. We jump in a little bit to budgeting. Some some good thoughts um, coming today. Of course, grateful for folks that help us make budget on the podcast. Speaking of budgeting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, got some some good folks that we love with YM360. Love and, YM360. Yeah. Great. Great Dude, folks. They're, they're, in a, they're, they're so busy in the summers, man, because of camp. You know, because yeah. they, they do all of the the great resources as far as, you know, that they offer all of the different curriculums and books and stuff. But summer times for them, you know, that's a huge part of what they do is generate camp. And, um, man, just I know they're busy for sure, but good times. Yep. Yeah. So if you uh, need some, oh, man, even their mission trip stuff, we were talking about that even this week. And oh, so good. Yeah, so head over, check that out, ym360.com. Use the promo code LONGERHALL, save 20% over there. And then, of course, we love the student ministry folks at the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. And uh, just I just love their heart for students and equipping. So grateful for them. Yep, good as times. As well. So, yeah. Well, yep, good. This is a good one. This one turned out great. I love Brent uh, Baskin, uh, Dr. Brent Baskin. Actually, you know, he's a professor. He let us call him just Brent since we're all youth ministry people and we're not one of his students. Uh, so, <laughs> but uh, man, it turned out super great. We're going to no doubt have him on again at some point because just the resources that he brings and just kind of his thinking since he's a, you know, thinker in youth ministry. So really good stuff. Youth pastor at heart for sure. And um and I think, listen, friends, th- this is important. You know, it's not necessarily the most enjoyable topic, you know, or most fun or although we have some fun on this, actually. But um, but man, budgeting, 
gosh, it matters. I mean, knowing how to do budgeting in youth ministry is huge. You got to be good at it. So yeah, it, this is one of those make or break issues for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Cool. All right. Well, here we go. Here is today's interview with Dr. Brent Baskin. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Well, hey, uh, Brent, or should we call you Dr. Baskins? I guess we're going to have to figure that one out right off the bat. Um, for, for our friends, what do, what do we need to go with? Uh, we're in youth ministry now. We can go with, with Brent. If they we were my teenagers. For now. Yeah, if they unless were college we, students here, it would be Dr. Baskin. But we'll just go with right. Brent. That's right, unless we sign up for your class, right? Yeah. So, hey, hey, everyone, this is uh, this is Brent, and uh, we'll talk about why. But, Brent, I was wondering, could you introduce yourself to everyone, and, and then uh, I'll tell everybody why we have you on today. Sure. Uh, I'm Brent Baskin. Uh, I am the department chair of Christian studies, but uh, for this podcast and most importantly for my life, I am a professor of youth ministry, associate professor of youth ministry at Shorter University in Rome, Georgia. Uh, We've been here six years. Uh, I got my PhD at Southwestern uh, from a previous podcast. You heard the name Richard Ross. Uh, That's where I did most of my uh, studying from there at Southwestern. And, uh, just enjoyed being in Rome and being at Shorter and seeing what God's been doing here the last six years and just how he's grown our uh, Christian program and specifically our youth ministry bachelor's degree. Well, that's really cool that you guys offer just a bachelor's in youth ministry. Is Are you the main or the only professor leading that or do you have a little bit of a team or what? Uh, right now I'm the only one leading it. Um, the hope is to begin to expand that with some adjuncts here in the next year. Um, as my role has changed to department chair, that's going to free up some classes so we can get some other guys involved. I think it's important for our students to get multiple voices, um, which is why we bring in, you know, guest speakers uh, from time to time just to give them different voices. They don't need, I don't need to be the singular voice that they hear all the time. And uh, getting them connected to cool guys like you for D now weekends uh, uh, you know, had a few head out your way. So it's been I love that. beneficial yeah, love for them. Getting, we love getting students from your, your school for sure. Well, hey, uh, Brent, uh, you know, I told Jody, um, I, I read one of your tweets recently and it just sparked the idea of, man, it would be great to have him on. I feel like this is a subject that would benefit our listeners as they're doing youth ministry. And it's not one that's super fun. Um, it's not necessarily in the sense of like, unless you're just a, a numbers nerd. Um, but it's when it comes to success in youth ministry, it's super important. Uh, but your tweet was specifically said, more money is handed to the youth minister than any other staff member. Be familiar with simple accounting strategies to make sure everyone gets credit for money paid and money earned. Which made me think, well, I'm guessing that you've spent some time thinking about budgeting and, and I made an assumption. And uh, when I called you, I found out that I was right, um, that you probably talked with some of your students about the importance of that. So wondered if we could just jump into budgeting 101, you know, cause it's mm-hmm. really huge. Jody, were you natural at budgeting when you started out? N- uh, no. Are you natural no. now at budgeting there, Jody? Um, I don't know natural, like I'm not super numbers driven. Um, but I think it's, I'm, I would say I'm really competent at it now, you know, like, um, and, and that's come over time. And, and I think, you know, your different settings require different things for you budget wise, depending on the size of your ministry and church. 
And I would have, say that's me too. Yeah. I'm real comp. I'm, I'm competent, but only because I've realized it's a massive weakness for me, and yeah. I've had to work really hard at it. Like my backup uh, career plan isn't as an accountant. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. That's yeah. No, me neither. Um, not at all. So, um, so, so, Brent, what made you type a tweet like that, man? Like, wh- why do you think it's so important for youth pastors, youth ministers to understand? this whole budgeting thing. Well, I think budgeting also goes hand in hand with uh, fundraising. The original inspiration for that tweet was someone that was expressing frustration that their church's uh, expectations uh, is on one of those mini Facebook groups that, you know, we're on with youth pastors, including your uh, secret one that you have. Um, but somebody just expressed frustration. Yeah, sorry. I, I didn't mean to get that out there public. Um but uh, someone expressed frustration that their church was using their fundraising money um, for ministry budgeting. And I know in some churches that may be absolutely necessary, but that just created a dialogue in this Facebook group and just felt like uh, youth pastors needed to have some conversations um, related to fundraising and basic budgeting accounting um, is where mainly that, that came from uh, because – uh, for specifically the tweet you're mentioning, I mean, think about how many times a parent hands us a check uh, saying, here's my kid's camp deposit, or here's my kid's final payment, or here's the money to go to the baseball game, or for you, here's the money to go on the mission trip coming up. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's so many times that we get money put in our hands, and it's lots of money. And if you're doing a ski trip, it's gobs amount of money. Uh, that's a huge responsibility. I was just reflecting on someone like being a pastor no one hands them their type check. I mean, it very rarely does that ever happen where, oh, pastor, I forgot to put this off in the offering plate. Here's my type check. But we get money put in our hands all the time. And we're usually the youngest um, staff member mm-hmm. um, or quote unquote, maybe the one that's perceived as the least experienced. It's just so important on something like finances that we be good stewards and just know how to handle it well and be organized with it. Because if someone asks us, hey, what happened to that money? We better be able to give an account of here's where it is, here's who was responsible for it, and um, and here's how it was spent. Yeah, for sure. I had, um, it always makes me super nervous just having that uh, because you're handed so many things on a, on a, like especially on a weekend, right? Like on a Sunday morning or whatever, like money and other things. It just seems like there was such a it was it would be easy to misplace, and that happened after mm-hmm. that happened a couple of times. Um, I just put a big Dropbox in the back of our student center, and literally had a big sticker on it that said, "This is the don't give it to Jody. Drop it in the Dropbox Dropbox," um, and so that it would kind of largely I could steer them to that instead of coming at me with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's funny because. Even as you're saying that, I'm thinking there. You're right. So many times, the student pastor is the younger staff member, um, maybe the least experienced, or at least is often perceived that way. And we've talked, Chris and I have talked a lot about the expectations that are placed on a student pastor. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of just assumptions that are made, trust given in some areas that maybe isn't um, necessarily. I don't even want to say super wise, but like shouldn't necessarily all be so automatic. And in other areas where it would make more sense, maybe it's a little slow to be given. Um, and I think money is one of those issues, budgeting, how you handle finances, how you track those things. 
man, that's a make or break deal. In like a, a grand, we talk a lot about moral failure today, for sure, and, and rightly so. Yeah. But mishandling money is is equally dangerous when it comes to damaging your your ministry and your even your character and career, for that matter. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you. When you were called to ministry, um, I'm pretty sure, um, based on your previous comment about not being given money uh, or budgeting, that you didn't get into youth ministry so that you could handle large amounts of money. I mean, that's not that's not why we got into youth ministry. We got into youth ministry for passion for teenagers, some even for the fun of it. And so when I'm in my intro classes, I'm, I'm pretty quick to go, hey, you need to realize you're going to be 22, 23, 25 years old, and they're going to hand you 12 to 18-year-olds an entire van load of them and say, now you're responsible for them for the week. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm 40. I have a 15 year old daughter at home and I get nervous about parenting. I can't, I mean, I remember what it was to be. Jody's an expert. If you need any advice. <laughs> oh my God. We, we won't talk about that right now. <laughs> Dude, I got a 15 year old daughter. I will take all the advice you can give me. Um, no, I got nothing, I, man. <laughs> but I remember being 22, 23, my first full-time church and the excitement that I had, but realizing, Oh my gosh, what kind of responsibility have I just been given? And, and what's interesting, and really Brett, but what's interesting is un- unless you just were a naturally intuitive person with money, and some people are, but let's say that you're not, in your own personal life, you probably weren't amazing at budgeting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like maybe your parents taught you some basic good principles there. But that wasn't even on my on a personal level when I'm like in my mid twenties. I wasn't great at understanding. I could barely balance a checkbook back then, mm-hmm. you know. And all of a sudden, I've been given the responsibility of not just taking those kids and getting them to and from camp without losing anybody, but I'm also responsible on the back end of that trip to settle out all of those accounts and make sure the money was put in the right place. And that whenever we bought that, you know, thing of ice that we took it from the right budget. And we, when we bought those uh, prizes that give out that we took them from the right budget or all that stuff, we could be overwhelming. Yeah. I, I remember from a youth ministry perspective, what really grabbed my attention on this. Um, I, I started my first full-time job in the middle of the year. So, and they had not had a youth pastor. And so, you know, most of that money just sits there because nobody is a layperson knows how to, to really spend youth ministry program dollars the way that a youth minister is going to laid out. So there was basically double the amount of money you would normal have in a, in a six month period of time. And this band from Nashville called me and said, um, Hey, we're going to be in your area. Um, can we come? And I'm like, Man, I got the money. Sure, let's do this. You know, rookie, complete rookie mistake. Um, and so the the budget line items, by the time, you know, it wasn't just the, hey, here's the honorarium. Then it was the, oh, you have to buy the sound. And then you got to do the travel. And the money just kept adding up and adding up. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what's, what's happening here in this moment? And it was just a huge wake-up call for me that the the fun of youth ministry and the opportunities come with reality. And, yeah. and luckily, I caught it my first year where I had enough wiggle room to make a major mistake like that um, to be able to offset it with some going, okay, well, that would have happened in March or February, but y'all didn't do it, so I can I can cover my bases. But it gave me the prep time to go, okay, now I know every dollar counts. 
And I have to be very wise about asking the right questions related to the money. And then I think, um, Chris, you mentioned the bag of ice. Man, collecting all those receipts during a week of camp, you know, my backpack would just become this huge pile of white paper. My, my financial secretary probably loved me when you just open the backpack up and you just dump it all on her desk. Say, <laughs> you wanted the receipts? Here are the receipts. Here you go. I wonder if any other guys are like me also that where it's like every month when I turn in receipts, I may, I swear, okay, this month, every time I do a receipt, I'm going to write on the receipt right when I get it so that I don't have to sit down and do them all at one time or whatever. And I never do. Like I never, yeah, I never start doing that. So, man, I, I'm I can't give you a specific app now because you know I'm in a different in a world. I've been doing this for six years, but luckily there are apps now where you can take the picture of your receipts. You can track your mileage. I mean, there's some really good tools that you can use for your phone. Yeah, just if to help if you remember to pull your phone out, take the picture whenever you buy the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's the key. You're going to take the phone out anyway to do the selfie that you were there, right? So yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm 48. I don't do that. So um, yeah. <laughs> well, I think too it's uh, it. Sometimes that's complicated as well because, like, I remember initially, even like particularly in the when I was first starting out. You know, I'm in a smaller ministry context um the church's financial side and budgeting process was not super organized either um and and especially you know you had a fund and that was it like you had you didn't really have line items you just had an amount Mm -hmm. um and so you if if you come at that and you are financially minded even that that can still be a huge struggle if the church itself isn't necessarily operating from a real clear direction either. Um, and if, and then man, if you come in disorganized and the church is a bit disorganized, whoo, yeah, that, yeah, that's a recipe. That's bad. Yeah. yeah. I think that's one of the, one of the things I was going to note also, I think is a massive challenge for youth pastors is so many churches do this so differently. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and Brent, I would think this would be hard for you to even teach in class because, you know, one church, man, they set a budget and their budget is their real budget and they trust maybe their ministers or their staff to manage their individual budgets and they allow them to even maybe have a credit card where they spend the money as needed and they just are accountable for it. Mm-hmm. Other churches, man, they set a budget that's real optimistic and they never know if they're going to quite make that budget. And so therefore there's never any certainty as to whether or not you can spend that hundred dollars you have budgeted on games for Wednesday night. Um, and on top of that, maybe they have, you have to turn in like a request every time yeah, for anything over $50 or whatever that might be. And I suspect we have listeners that fall into all different kinds of categories right now, you know, with that, but ultimately the key in all of this, and, and I don't want to get ahead when it comes to tips or steel one ears, but I mean, ultimately the key is, We've really, you've got to start with learning what your church's system is. I mean, you have to learn that. You've got to take the time to dig in and learn your culture. Yes, yeah. And, I mean, most of us live on a on an annual budget, but I've been in some finance committee meetings where the people in the committee room are looking at it month to month. You know, and so we walk into July and we've spent our camp money 
which is for most of us probably about a third um, of our budget. You know, by the time we buy the vans and and the, and pay for our adults to be able to go with us, that's a huge chunk of what we do. It blows that monthly allocation out of the water, and they're like, "What have you done?" You know, and we're like, "But you have to look at it at the entire year, not just in that singular month." And so, some of it's communication. Uh, you know, telling them on the front end back in June, "Hey, just heads up, people. Notice my I'm under budget right now. I have not spent most of my money." But a big expense is coming in July. Just you guys can be prepared for it. I don't want you to be caught off guard. Yeah, um, some churches. Uh, and what's interesting when when you say that, I, I I've been in a church that doesn't plan like that. But the the place I'm at currently now, we actually have to budget, but then we also have to, uh, we have to plan out the disbursement of that. Yeah. So I actually have to tell them that what you just said. Mm-hmm. So I have to look at like okay, in so I budgeted X number of dollars, but for these twelve months. I'm budgeting. I'm saying that this much is going to come out each month so that if it's like camp, you know, I have to look at, okay, well, my deposits due in January or whatever. So 2000 is here or whatever. And then put the other, you know, all in June or July or whatever. So, um, but yeah, uh, I didn't start doing that. I didn't start doing that until we went through the budget crisis of 2007. That was a crazy year when the housing market popped and the stock market crashed we went through, I don't know, 15, 20% budget cuts. I mean, it was, it was bad. And, you know, and then in that moment, every dollar mattered, like everybody was on pins and needles about spending money. And so I had to go through and figure out when was I going to have a peak month that was going to throw off the the weekly giving and were they going to be able to handle it? Were they prepared for it? Or were we going to have to make some really tough decisions about stuff, even related to camp, um, you know, get creative with, transportation or whatever the case may be, or increased student costs. Um, so I did it voluntarily. Um, but those were, you know, when your money's really, really tight and every dollar matters, um, that's when you really need to, to really think clearly on what we're doing. Cause most young guys, um, think, Oh, well, I've got 10,000. I'll figure it out as I go month to month. Yeah. And that's just not a healthy way to do it. Cause you're going to be in October and have no money left. And that's when you're doing, if you're doing a lock-in, bless you. Um, but you know that's but that's when you're doing some of your fifth quarter type stuff. You've got saw you at the poll rallies. Um, you're planning for denials for deep with deposits or different things if you're doing it in January, February. So, yep, yep. Well, how about some tips, man? What do you uh, what do, when you're teaching guys this stuff? Like, what are some things that uh, you might say to someone? Uh, that is trying to figure out how to get started in this or trying to get better at it. Um, anything come to mind? Yeah. Um, it's not just a, a dollar or a, a number on a piece of paper for you. Um, I teach ministry action budget planning, which means every dollar has some significance for our ministry. So if my budget's due in August, I'm not just figuring out what I'm going to spend. I'm figuring out what we're going to do. I'm actually doing my calendaring during that time period, too. Um, if I've got goals that need to be set for uh, my ministry or my pa- my senior pastor set a vision for us, uh, for our church, I've got to figure out what we're going to do. And then after I figure out what we're going to do, what are those costs? So, um, And there's a long there's a reason for that. And it, some of it's maturity, uh, but it's also intentionality of purpose. Um, 
So there are certain things that I want to do every year. There are certain things we have to do every year, you know, those sacred cows of ministry, those things that we just can't get rid of because the church has always done them. Sure, sure. Um, but those those things have um, cost, and we need to plan for those. And so I will figure out what I'm going to do January through December, um, look at the big picture. Does it seem reasonable for my calendar? I've not over-calendared. Um, just kind of balance that out and then put dollar amounts to all those what are the total costs for the D-Now weekends, for the mission trips, for camp, uh, for those fellowships that we want to do just for fun? Uh, you know, if we want to go to the, the trampoline place or um, go out to eat or something like that, uh, everything has – what are those total costs? And, and uh, do I want to have student fees tied into that? Well, that will lower the overall cost. And that's going to give me a total budget. That total budget's got to be reasonable. Um, it can't be exorbitant compared to last year. It's got to be pretty close, unless you've got a really good reason that you can sell the committee. Um, and also, what are my student fees related to that? Are they reasonable expectations for my, you know, lower middle class families? Um, yeah. Obviously, some of our lower income kids, we're gonna we're gonna make sure we scholarship those and and that they're there. But but for the most part, those lower middle class families are going to be fitting the bill for most of this. And if they've got two or three kids in the youth ministry, are we reasonably expecting them to to pay and pay for those um, for those expenses? That's good. So um, let yeah. me. So just a yeah, couple Jay. couple thoughts on that. Like when, uh, and I'm 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 asking this because this is this is the world I've been in for the last few months now. But so uh, say someone's listening. We got a listener who's new into their spot, right? They're, they're new into their position. They're following somebody who's been there or probably most likely like several people who've been there recently. Um, they come in, like you're saying, mid-year. Um, what would you say, like, where do you begin that process? Because they're most likely not going to be able to sit down and just dream ahead. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of coming in midstream, building on what has been there previously they probably can't just make up those numbers on their own yet. They're not in a place like that. Like, where do they start? Does that make sense what I'm asking? Yeah, I think so. Um, I pull the previous budgets because most churches ask you to submit a budget every year. Yep. So either based on calendars, previous calendars, or previous budgets, I can evaluate and kind of get an idea of what the other guys have done in the past. Yeah. And so that kind of gives me a, a – idea of where I'm going. Cause that first year or two, I'm not going to change a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm going to, that was my next uh, question. Yeah. Yeah. To be, I'm, tr- there's some things I'm going to just because culturally and philosophically, I may or may not agree with it, but some of the major stuff I'm trying my best to hold on to those juniors and seniors yeah, um, and build relationship with them. And I know that they may have their foot, one foot out the door because I'm not their youth pastor, but I'm trying really hard um, to love on them and be consistent. So, and the budgeting is going to be a process, part of that because we're going to pay for some of the things that they've always enjoyed doing and, and try to give them some ownership in it. And then just tied to this whole – because um, I'll have the same approach. Like I will sit down generally. I like to calendar out you know, the year and then individual events, kind of budget out individual events, and then take that and compile that for the, the overall budget. Um, and that takes a lot more time than you would think. Yeah. Right? So I think a lot of guys wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. And, oh, yeah, my budget's too. Um, how, I mean, as you're teaching youth ministry, you're seeing these younger guys come through, not just guys, we say guys a lot, but you're seeing younger students come through. 
Um, just do you feel like I'm just curious, do you see there there be a tendency for student pastors to be more proactive in kind of long term planning than maybe used to be? Or do you still see that as a weakness? Not just I mean, obviously, it affects budgeting, but just in general. That's a good question. Um I think I would answer it with not an answer. I think the strength is there. They do understand outside the box youth ministry better, campus ministry, those kinds of things. Yeah. So true. as far as the money side of it, I think I think goes back to what we originally said when we started a maturity issue. Um, yeah. I do think they're more debt averse. This generation seems to be more debt averse than we used to be. Um, they're yeah. fully aware of their student loan debts. They're fully aware of, of debt itself. So they they live on debit cards instead of credit cards. Which is good news because that may mean they're more conservative, but I can't, you don't know until instead of having a $500 budget that they live on for a year themselves personally, and then you hand them a ten dollars to $20,000 budget, will they still act the same way? I would like to think so. Right. Um, um, but I've not had, luckily <laughs> for my students, I haven't had not one call me back and say, I just exploded the budget. I'm fired. <laughs> so, we've been fortunate so far that the planning that we talked about has worked. No, that's good. I, we talk a lot of Chris and I have talked a ton about that, like just long range planning, goal setting, and and the, how that really ties into everything that you do in ministry. So I, I love that we're starting there, even with budgeting. I think that's that's huge. Yeah, and and with the, some of the things you were saying, there's some a couple things that that I wanted to highlight of, of you know with your first kind of big point there would be one because we've not really said it, but we've said it you're likely going to be sitting in a meeting at some point mm-hmm. pitching this budget. Yeah. Um, there's a good chance that that's going to happen. There's a chance that you turn it into your pastor and your pastor does it for you or whatever. But for some of us, you're going to be sitting in a room full of a committee. And I don't know what y'all's is like, but mine is like super intimidating because all of the people sitting around the room know way, way, way more about this stuff than I do because they don't, when they get the committee together, they go out and get accountants and bankers and lawyers and people that are really good with money. And so you're sitting in that room, which really the other thing I wanted to highlight with that, that you're saying, Brent is this, you've got to put the work into this stuff. I mean, it just takes work. You've got a plan. You've got to be willing to do your homework and, do that in advance, Jody, playing off of what you said. You just can't wait to the last minute and plan on going back to the rafting this year, but not have taken the time to call and find out that now they're a hundred dollars more than they were last year because they had a price increase. And you could have found that out if you had done the work, you know? Yeah. Um, that's good. Cause I think over time people start to build up and they learn that about you. And I, and I'll tell you a real benefit to being good at this is you're not the only one asking for money. Right. And and if you're good at this and you can show that you've put the work in, those type of people that are sitting in the room, they're going to often reward you for that. Um, yeah. And so what am I saying? I'm kind of saying play the game a little bit, you know? Well, you have um, to at least be better than the children's ministry. Like for real. <laughs> <laughs> at least better than the children's pastor. Because they're always going to get more money, so, more staff, listening right more now resources. Going, what are you talking about? I am the children's pastor. <laughs> I'm both. Yeah. Well, then good. Then you win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you argue with yourself over the money? 
and the children and youth. If you're the children and youth, I think so. You, you yeah. just yeah, I put them on the wall. And I throw would I would say try to beat the worship people, but that you're never wow. just you're never going to beat the worship ministry when it comes to money. So no, just, they always win with Christmas no, and the, Easter. They always yeah, win. and the finance committee people are usually in the choir. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Sorry, that's politics. That's a different podcast. We'll uh, yeah, it is a different podcast. It is a different podcast. Yeah. Right well, so. going back to what you said, Chris, the idea of being in the room. One of the reasons I do the ministry action budgeting is when I tie it to my calendar, I actually will do a write up in addition to the line items um, behind it, explaining what's going on. So some of it's terminology. Um, I can't tell you how many times someone asked me what is Interlink, um, the music uh, distributor that was based in Nashville. When yeah. they would send me that that fun box in the mail every year, uh, every four months. So most of those people didn't know what that was, and so now it's like, Spotify. What Wait, what is this podcast? What, yeah, what, what is, is this Spotify subscription we're paying for every month? <laughs> so I, I will put the explanation in as to why we need the money, so that if I'm not in that meeting, the pastor says I'll take care of it. The finance committee can look back and go, okay, that's what he's spending money on because it is a. If someone just says, hey, just give me what you gave me last year and doesn't provide an explanation, if they get into a decision of making cuts, I want them to believe that if they're cutting my money, they're cutting my ability to do ministry. They're not just cutting a dollar amount. They're cutting ministry. Yeah. And, and if Brent, you've what done I it think, right, they they should be, right? If you've budgeted correctly, yeah. that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. And also part of that, also what I hear you saying, Brent, is you have to also be able to point at in those meetings to how the money has done what you requested it to do. Like, this yeah. is why you knowing numbers, like, you know, we talk about, oh, numbers don't matter. What, you know, like people want to play that game, but I'm going, no, nah, if you're able to walk into a meeting and you're asking for more money for camp and you can show on paper that last, you know, two summers ago, we had 50 kids go to camp, but last summer we had 60 go to camp. And not only that, we had X number of kids make decisions mm-hmm. that first, and X number to make this year. And we had three kids that did this. And then you're telling the story and you're looking like you've done your homework again, which is helping you to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Yeah, you're getting some people in your corner when you're doing that. Yeah. I mean, you, you're trying to cast a vision of not only – I need the money, but man, good things are happening in my program. You may not be aware of what goes on in the youth ministry because you don't have kids in it, but I get an opportunity to communicate just some of the wins that we've gotten because you've blessed us with the resources to be able to do it. Yeah, and I would say also just in that in that vein, Brent, like be mindful to take opportunities to celebrate those moments and share those moments beyond just this process, like throughout the year. Like if people believe that you are, if they hear you, if you know, if you have a moment on the platform or you have a moment in a meeting, a parent meeting, or you're, and you can speak to those wins consistently, people can hear what's happening. It makes that pitch a lot easier, even when you come to ask for whatever that is, whether it's budget, whether it's facilities, whether it's, you know, permission to do something new or cancel something old, like you've got to consistently communicate because you're right. I, most people won't have students in your ministry. They won't see and experience it firsthand. And so their impression is completely based off of what they see and hear. And so if you can get out in front of that, cast that, celebrate those wins and kind of control, control that narrative, that sounds manipulative. I don't mean it to sound like that, but um, 
that that pays you huge dividends when you're behind closed doors in those types of meetings. So Brent, what else? Like as you're thinking about, you know, tips for budgeting, what else kind of comes to mind? Because this this has all been good stuff, but what else you got? All right. I got a, a dirty little trick. See if you guys have ever done this before. Have you justifiably used other people's budgets to take care of youth ministry stuff? That sounds like what happens to us, not what. <laughs> <laughs> for example, let me give you one for my context. I'm in a, I'm in a small. I didn't know we could do that. I thought that was what was done to us. I don't, I'm a confused man. <laughs> Teach me a wise one. You're in that. You're in those big conglomerate churches. All right, so I was in a rural context, less than 400 member church. Um, most that's where I spent most of my ministry. So like paper plates and napkins and stuff, I wouldn't pull that out of youth ministry budget. I'd pull it out of the fellowship budget because that's it comes out of that kitchen area. Mm. Um, transportation, I may not pay for gas out of my budget. I might take it out of transportation budget. The goal is, is if you can find a justifiable place, don't be completely dirty, but if you can find a justifiable place to spend youth ministry resources out of other people's budgets, then it expands your ministry ability to do more stuff. And the key word you're saying is justifiable. Yes. And it's also what you're really saying is make sure that you take advantage of what's coming to you. Like in that you utilize, like if you, if there's money out there, make sure you're, you, you're doing it and you're using it. Yeah. I'm not robbing the children's ministry and buying toys with it, you know, and then giving it to the teenagers. I'm I'm not doing that. There are, but there are places in the budget that are built for a purpose, and the youth ministry is fulfilling that purpose. Can the youth ministry use that resource? Those resources, um, for example, I you know we may have we have we do Sunday school in our in our context. There may be a Sunday school line item that does fellowships. You know they encourage it within the education program. Um, rather than using youth ministry money, if you're going to do just eighth graders. That could technically be a Sunday school fellowship. It's possible that the education minister or someone in that context that has oversees that money might go, sure, because you're doing it within that context. So might even be a curriculum thing. I'm thinking curriculum. Like uh, yeah. it might be a thing where like the education pastor or education minister is budgeting for curriculum for all Sunday school, but yet you've taken things to the youth ministry budget accidentally or – Maybe you've decided you want to do a summer uh, discipleship Bible study thing, and you want to buy some books for that. And maybe the education guy might go, well, yeah, you underspend a little bit in your curriculum budget, and that's sort of the same thing. So, yeah, take it out of here instead. Yep, absolutely. Beautiful. What about um, convincing other people to buy things that you might also use so you can split things? In certain budget line items or like a maybe Nerf like, gun? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, like maybe the worship, <laughs> maybe you can convince the worship folks to buy a piece of equipment or something that the student ministry would also be able to use at times. Or like mm-hmm. you go in with the children's ministry and you buy, I don't know, I'm making stuff up, like an inflatable that you would both share. I'm thinking like a the, big oversized ice chest or something. Yeah, or something like that, that you would split yeah. the expense. So maybe you're not completely taking it out of your budget. Now it comes with some strings where you have to share it. But, you know, I've done that a lot where you kind of go in and almost partner with um, 
another ministry to kind of split and share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a fan of sharing, period. I mean, I know some people aren't, but I just think at the end of the day, it's a win for you if you can be open-handed with that stuff. So, Well, and, you know, we're, we use a lot of technical stuff, you know, uh, cameras, microphones, whatever. Um, music ministers obviously going to use those things. If you got a technology budget, there's a place for that. Most of that's often for computers for the office and things like that. But, um, I know one year the music minister is like, Hey, let's start live streaming our services. And so we were, we went in together and started talking about how can we, what kind of equipment do we need? And so, and while I'm a part of that process and helping him figure out what equipment I, in the back of my mind is I'm thinking, all right, how are we going to use this for youth ministry? Um, is it something that youth ministry can use as well? So we're, everybody's getting a win out of it. So, um, there are opportunities for things where you can get a part of the, be a part of the decision-making, uh, that benefits not only the ministry that's wanting to use it, but, or buy it, but then you get some benefit out of it too. Yep. I like it. I think that that happens a lot with student ministry, especially because when it's technology related, it just tends to happen. All right, so there's my my dirty little secret that I I, I tell my students: spend other people's it, money first if you get the chance. I love it. I love it, <laughs> Brent. What what do you think about it? What, what do you think? In, any tips for someone you know that um, that this is not intuitive, that this is not good? Um, do you think there's an advantage to just owning that in the sense of saying, "Hey, look, this is just." not an area I'm great at. Do you think there's an advantage for, for someone just acknowledging that and trying to get help? Yeah. I mean, there are people that are just, they're really good at organizational stuff. I mean, we've all part of leaderships finding people that, that help complement you and your weaknesses. So if they don't have to know youth ministry to be able to know money and sense, I mean, you can tell your, say you have a youth committee or youth leadership team, whatever terminology you want to use for that. But some people on there that are good with the dollars and and can help you maintain budgets and and to some extent hold us accountable. You know, there's nothing better than walking through Walmart and looking through the clearance aisles and going, man, I could buy that and I could do this and I could use that for a giveaway. And you could easily spend your money faster than you know what to do with, but you need somebody in there to go, Hey, don't, don't forget the big picture. Uh, cause we got to get through November, December too, on some of that. So, you know, I've always had some people on my, I'm, I'm a numbers guy stats is my background. So I like crunching numbers. That's not a problem for me, but I have people who will help me with the detail work, you know, uh, and focusing on the little parts of the spending, um, the minor details that maybe I don't think about cause I'm always thinking about the big picture. So yeah, uh, obviously find be willing uh, to find people that aren't like you so that you make your team better and make your ministry better. Cause it's about the ministry. It's not about us anyway. Yeah, that's good. I would encourage folks also as I'm, as I'm hearing you and some of the things you just said, even made me think of this, um, you know, the, the integrity part of all this and the heart of all this really does matter, you know, and when you said, you know, you could spend your budget quicker than, you know, you know, and, Sometimes it's easy whenever you're given money to be tempted to take advantage of that. Um, I call it my, you know, for lack of a better way to say it, it's a little bit of my Starbucks rule. You know, when I go out to Starbucks with 
a leader or a kid and the church is paying for it, you know, because I'm about to have a meeting and I'm taking it out of my outreach budget or my, you know, whatever fund that, that I have for that. And, you know, I, I just, what I try to do there is just be careful not to take advantage of the church's money. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to say that I never get a grande two pump cafe mocha because I do. But sometimes though, I try to balance that out though and not do that every single time. And sometimes just get a drip coffee instead, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or when I'm going to camp and we stop at the mall to eat, you know, and I go to Chick-fil-A, I don't necessarily order, you know, I'm going to have a number one and I'm going to load it up with extra bacon and t- t- you know, because the church paying for it, you know, and you know what, go ahead and throw me a large vanilla shake on there. <laughs> what I may do is order number one or whatever, and then come back and go, yeah, I feel like that vanilla shake's probably on me, you know, <laughs> if mm-hmm. I want a vanilla shake. Um, and, uh, but, but what I'm, what I'm trying to th- say there is the heart of all of this and how we spend our money, uh, really does matter, you know, and, um, because it's not our money and it's not even the church's money. It's God's money. And I'm not trying to Jesus juke anybody, but I think it's important to remember that. And I think that's why we need to be good at this. Well, I'll give you a visual that I always carry with me when I'm making those financial decisions. Um, I visualize my grandmother. My grandmother is on a social security check income. And every month she puts her tithe in that offering plate sacrificially. And so the money that I choose to spend, if I'm thinking about that, man, that food fight sounds like a really good idea. Man, that'll be great on Instagram story. I'm thinking about that lady who is giving sacrificially uh, to the church so that ministry and the gospel can be shared to these students. Is it going to help the gospel or is it? Or am I being a good steward of, her, of the resources that she's sacrificially, sacrificially giving? Um, if I can answer that question with a good conscience, then yeah, I'll I'll keep going down that road. But if I'm thinking, you know what, that's just not being a good steward of the money that she's sacrificially giving. Uh, It helps me make some better decisions on, on how I spend my money. That's good. That's good. Chris, um, do you really add bacon to a number one at Chick-fil-A? No, I was just like making up stuff off the top of my head. So I just wondering if it was good. Get the chocolate chip cookie. Yeah. I think bacon on a Chick-fil-A sandwich might be good. Let me think about this for a minute. It sounds good as you're mentioning it. I'm thinking, yeah, some Chick-fil-A. As a high school kid who worked at Chick-fil-A, I can tell you bacon tastes really good on a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. I think I may try that next time. I mean, I'll pay for it myself now. (laughs) Yeah. But I think I'll add bacon to Chick-fil-A sauce. My son son works at Chick-fil-A. I'll ask him if a lot of people uh, order bacon on the number one like that. It's never even crossed my mind. Yeah, so I'll have to. Yeah, where's the closest Chick Fil A for you, Jody? I don't even know. It's about thirty minutes away. Thirty-five. Ooh, minutes that's away. terrible. Yeah, Dude, I can't. Do y'all I, even I have so, one? A chick, I have a dwarf house, man. Or the Truets. I have the corporate owned across oh, the street from the school. dwarf house. That place is amazing. Well, they tore down the dwarf house. It's now a Truets Grill. That's they have too. a piment, a French fries covered in pimento cheese. Stop. That's like their. Their thing. Yeah. It's oh, crazy. You have so to come good. up here and hang. So yeah. Good. So come to Rome, check out Shore University, and then we'll take you over to Truett's when we hang out. Yeah. Dang, that's amazing. Yeah. It's an, it's one of those. Well, I Brent, I, Jody, the part I have to struggle with you is you got in and out on every corner, and I just, I can't. Yeah, he I does. Can't. Sorry. There's a lot. Yeah, there, there's a lot of them. Yeah, it does. I'm a Texas a boy. Bring me my water burger. So. I'm saying. 
Well, Brent, this is good, man. Thank you for all of this. Anything else you want to add? Anything we cut you off on? Anything else you wanted to add to the whole talk? Uh, just encourage them. Uh, at Short University is where I do my work, but a lot of the free stuff, the free content that we do is uh, that I've been doing is on youthministryforfree.com. Um, a lot of these youth ministry, a lot of these youth ministry basics that that um, we've been talking about, I, I blog about on a regular basis. Yeah. Give my students access to that, so anybody can go there and check that out. There's some other stuff on there, in addition to budgeting and fundraising. That's great. That's good. Cool. And you strike me as a guy that man. If anybody ever needed to just chat through something, they could they could reach out to you, and you'd you'd be willing to help them out. Yeah, yeah. I'm Twitter at Brent Baskin, and then um, obviously Facebook. You can search my name or email me at Shorter University. It's on the web. My contact information is on the Shorter University website. What you gonna say when I, when I throw somebody when I ask them that question? I'll be like, Yeah, no, not really. I don't yeah, really don't want to help anybody. I don't really want to talk to anybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Kind of an introvert. Kind of keep to myself. <laughs> Well, man, this is good. We're going to have to have you on again for sure, man. It's nice having a professor. You know, it makes us it makes us look bigger, like a bigger deal than we really are. So, hey, good. well, props to you guys. Uh, you guys, your podcast actually came to a recommendation from me from a student during a presentation. And so, wow. y'all. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, the college it, kids. Brother out. What's that kid's name? Do you remember that kid? I'm going to give him a shout Josh, out. Joshua Winton. Joshua Winton. What's up, Joshua? Hey, thank you, Joshua. So. If you're ever in California, Jody will buy you in and out. So, <laughs> yes, I will. Or just come sure. see me in Marietta and we'll go to Chewy's and take a picture oh, and send up. it to oh. Joey and mm. say in your face. You're so. a loser. Good time. Loser. Well, thanks, man. We appreciate it big time. Enjoy it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, buddy. Boom. Well, there you have it. Great interview. Uh, such an important topic. I think I, I felt like even as we were kind of wrapping up, man, there's so much to be said there. We could say continue to say about the importance of budgeting and the process of budgeting. Every context is so different. That makes it tricky, but man, it's important to take serious and at least be aware of. Right. Yeah, totally. I mean, and I love that guy. I mean, he just, you could tell he's a youth pastor at heart. And I mean, he just loves, loves the whole process of youth ministry, but he really is wanting his students and, and other people involved in youth ministry to succeed. And so coming from that, man, it's, he's worth listening to for this stuff for sure. So good times. I liked it. It was good. Yeah, it was great. Um, so go back, be sure to head over. He, he threw out kind of at the end there, almost subtle under the radar youth ministry, uh, website there for you to grab youth ministry for free.com youth for, for free. For free. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So be sure to head over there, check that out. Um, lots of good stuff on there for sure for you. Um, yeah. And stay tuned. we got big things ahead. Uh, if you haven't already joined the Super Secret Podcast group over on the Facebook, make sure you head over there and join. We'd love to have you a part of that. Uh, hundreds of youth workers in there, youth pastors in there from all over the world, really, hanging out and talking youth ministry. So we'd love to have you join that. Also, make sure you head over to ym360.com. Check out all their resources as summer approaches there. Uh, man, even if it's just, yeah, mission trip stuff, the camp stuff, obviously, uh, is there. Tons of, of books and resources for you. Use the promo code Longer Hall, save yourself 20%. And again, big shout out and thanks to the folks down at the Georgia Baptist Mission Board um, for all their support as well. So Good times. I think that'll do Great. it for today. Yeah. All right, buddy. Good one, cool. man. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Tweet. 
Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com.